Hello everyone, my name is Michael and I'd like to welcome you to take what you like and leave the rest. Um, this is kind of a diary about my recovery, um, the last uh, three to four years of my recovery um, and how it's affect how certain things have affected me and how I've either grown or I've regressed from the things that I've learned. Um, in 12-step program. Um, I started off uh, with Al-Anon and how I got to that point to begin with was I had moved into a sober living facility and one of the um, criteria for living in a sober living um, environment is that you have to be in a 12-step program. Now, my mom was an alcoholic and I ended up marrying an alcoholic and so I qualified um, just for those two reasons. Um, in living in a sober living facility you come across all types of people, all types of addicts and I thought that my situation was quite unique as compared to the people that I were that I was living with, um, a lot of them were active addicts. A lot of them were recovering addicts. And here am I, you know, a person who's lived with an addict, but not in an addictive state. At least that's what I thought when I started, right? So one of the things that I had to do was to find a um, 12-step program and I found Al-Anon. Now the great thing about Al-Anon is I learned uh, I picked up a lot of tools from Al-Anon to learn how to deal with the alcoholics in my life and um, I think within the first year I felt like I was growing and then with the second year I was growing but I was missing something and for instance, in my personal life, I was choosing the same people. Um, and I thought that was kind of weird. Like um, I had gone, I was going through a divorce at the time when I moved into the sober living situation and um, started to go out and date people again. And I kept finding that I was finding the same type of women that either my mom or my ex-wife were, right? The same type of uh, genetic makeup in their personalities and who they were. And so I decided to do a little research and find out um, why I kept choosing the same people, um, the same women, um, that I had chosen because I had no idea and I stumbled across another 12-step program called SLAAH, S-L-A-A, which is Sex and Love Addicts Anonymous. Now, I, I don't classify myself as a sex addict whatsoever, um, but I learned a lot about my love addiction. And there was actually a name for it. 
And uh, as I'm doing the research, I'm like, wow, there's, there's a variety of different love addicts out there. You know, there's an avoidant love addict. You know, there's a codependent love addict. There's just your run-of-the-mill generic love addict. And I had to go through these various, you know, rundowns of what a love addict was and who, you know, who's on first, what's on second, and I don't know who's on third, trying to figure out what my classification was. And I was able to come up with codependent love addict. And so my slaw days um, really allowed me to fig find out who I was and why I did the things that I did. And um, really sobering um, shares and messages that I have heard in the last three years of being with Slaw. Uh, but now since COVID has hit, um, I've done a little bit more research and um, have come across ADA um, or you know, adult children of alcoholics and found out that at times I'm still working from a adolescent um, or pubescent uh, mind frame at times. You know, there's that fear element, there's the abandonment element, and all these things play into my day-to-day living. And the little kid in me, the eight-year-old frightened child of an alcoholic, comes out in my adult life on a day-to-day basis and I actually have to stop myself think about what it is that I'm trying to do or trying to say and I suppress that eight-year-old and allow the adult me to kind of take over Um, it's difficult at times but I am I'm grateful that I am aware that there is an eight-year-old inside there. You know, I I had always kind of figured that some of my actions were based upon things that have happened in my life. When I was that eight-year-old child, when I was that seven-year-old, when I was that 13, 16, 19, 21-year-old person, And so a lot of this stuff is coming up now in my middle ages, and I'm learning a lot through it. So you are going to come on this journey with me um, of rediscovery, of of discovery and rediscovery. Um, Rediscovery of the little kid that, like I said, felt abandoned, that felt left out, that felt helpless, that felt like he didn't have what was needed to grow into the adult that he is now. And the discovery of the middle-aged guy who gets to go back in time 
and he gets to see things from an adult point of view, from an adult point of view, being that little kid, right? So I can look at that eight-year-old and say to him, hey, you didn't have a choice back then when this happened. It's okay. Let me help you through this. And so you're going to be going on this journey with me. Um, and I think on my next podcast, we're going to talk about um, Will Smith. And you're, going to, you're thinking to yourself, what does Will Smith have to do with recovery? What does he have to do with um, being the little kid or being the adult who's learning, you know, or the, the little kid who's learning to be an adult and the adult who has to learn to talk to the kid. And believe it or not, there are some things about Will and his personality and the things that he has done in his lifetime, uh, his body of work as an actor, uh, as a rapper, as a humanitarian, that resonates with me. And I'm sure it resonates with a lot of you. Um, you know, just a little glimpse. One thing in particular that I shared share with Will Smith um, has to do with an episode of The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. And it had to do with his father coming back into his life and then abandoning Will's character. And um, in the next episode, I'm going to tell you how just the last five minutes of that episode affected me very deeply. It brought up a lot of wounds. It brought up a lot of healing. It brought up a lot of memories of being um, left behind. A lot of memories of feeling uh, less than feeling of worthlessness, the feeling of abandonment, the feeling of torment and anger. Um, and so we're gonna we're gonna start off with that on my next podcast. So hopefully I I, I resonate with you, which is the whole meaning of. Take what you like and leave the rest. I know that my podcast is not going to be for everyone. I know that. But my hope is that you take at least one thing that I've said or one idea and think to yourself, wow, I could use this or that really helped me. So I look forward to um, having more time with you and um, welcome to Take What You Like and Leave the Rest. A codependence uh, diary. So I will talk with you all soon and take care.